You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, and I have a friend, a mentor, somebody that I've I've learned from over the last six to eight years. I don't even remember when I met you, to be honest. But he's an amazing guy, and uh, and he really has kind of crafted who I am as an individual, and uh, and 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 helped me out before I got married and when I became a father. And it's amazing. So Tom Lame uh, from from One Team Leadership. And let's talk a little bit about what One Team Leadership is. What do they do? Now, if you watch the corporate world, you wonder. What makes a company successful and what makes a company fail? Like, what does it mean to do things right? Where did that failing company go wrong? We hear a lot about Google and Microsoft and they have these amazing corporate campuses and they're attracting all these millennials. But is that really what drives it? Is that what it takes? We're here to talk a little bit about what it takes to find success as a company. And Tom Lane is with One Team Leadership, which helps companies find the key to success. Uh, And it's neat because they have a thing called the One Team Performance Pyramid. And we're so excited to learn a little bit more about the the elements of that uh, performance pyramid. But ultimately, I just want to thank you for what you've done for me, the challenges that you've given me um, throughout my my young life, per se. And I'm excited to dive into this and share the stories that we've had, but ultimately, the companies that you've helped, but really the people in the companies that you help, because the people are what drive the company. Uh, it's not so much just, here's a uniform, this is what we do. You have to really drive that culture, and you have to drive into the individual and figure out what motivates them. And your organization does an amazing job, and you've done this for many, many years. So we're so excited to dive into this. So welcome Tom Lane to the Brand Butters Podcast. Good morning. Thank you for having me. This is an incredible setup you've got here. And I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. So uh, thanks for having me. Tom, thank you. I, I would I would assume that you're extremely busy, man, because every small business owner and above, like big corporations and all of that, I believe probably struggle with this very topic. Um, it's very difficult. We, we get in the rat race. We're coming in. Our days are very reactive. And, and at the same time, we have to be cautious and empathetic for everyone involved and, and be that great leader. So from self-leadership to team leadership, how do you build a team where everyone is on the same page and one isn't trying to be a superstar at the expense of another? Like, very good. Well, great question and great insight about... Um, how busy we are these days. And I'll, I'll just to share a brief story with you. My two partners and I started this conversation about forming a company and forming a company that was designed to help not only the company, but the individual leaders, the individual employees prosper and thrive. And we call that whole life self-development. Meaning if all the people who work here are on the journey from good to great to greater in their whole lives... Well, in the slice of their life called their work, right, this rising tide is going to raise that one up as well. So when we started this six, seven years ago, you have to remember the, 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 the stench of the recession was still kind of lingering. And so each of us have some advisors, and we sort of talked about, hey, we're thinking about doing this new, invent, this new venture. And sort of the reaction we all got, and this is a bit of a paraphrase, was, how quaint. <laughs> How sweet. That, that sounds That's cute. really special. <laughs> and back then, maybe it was, right? Because back then, you know, people still had the, the memory of, listen, I'll do anything for a job. And a job with benefits, I'll stand on my head. Culture, living a great life, that's, that's secondary. Well, now all these years later, it is dead, 
center, center cut mainstream because there's such a crunch for talent. And the only way that I know how to really grow a great business, have a great team to answer your, your question, is to have extraordinary people living extraordinary lives. Well, if you get one of them or a few of them, you better keep them. And if you want to attract them, you better have something different and unique to offer. And here's something the millennials, we sort of make fun of the millennials, people in my age bracket a little bit. And what <laughs> they've taught us is like, look, man, I watched my parents work their tails off, miss every football game, every ballet, every piano recital, not home for dinner, distracted when they are home. I'm not doing that. And I think the older generation is, is hopefully has learned that lesson as well. So if you want to attract great, great talent, keep that talent, have that talent moving the organization forward, you better do something to develop them. And we believe, and what this company set up to do is what we call, like I said, whole life self-development. How to live the fullest, richest, most satisfying life you can and do so in a way that catalyzes the people around you to do the same. And you can imagine a virtuous cycle when that starts happening. Love that. So dive into, I mean, what does it take to be a leader? And when you go into these organizations, you might have people that are older that are managing millennials. So there is kind of a disconnect there. Uh, and I can't, this probably isn't a universal answer of what is a great leader, but when you walk into an organization, tell us what does one team leadership do from the beginning yeah. to really start the ball and figure out like, hey, what do we need to do here? What do we need to fix? And what do we need to kind of move in a good direction to make things right? Very good. So we have a working definition of, of leadership and, and there are PhDs and other type academics out there who spend their whole time coming up with definitions to common sense themes. And that's fine, right? We're not academics, we're practitioners. And so our working definition for leadership is influencing greatness in myself and those around me. And so what we like about that definition is influence is the key action verb, right? It's not force. It's not cajole. It's not manipulate. It's not, you know, make somebody do something. And so for us, influence means if, if you want to, uh, if you want someone to follow you better be on the journey yourself. Think about walking to your doctor's office and he or she smells like smoke. And they're hitting <laughs> yeah. the jewel, right? And they tell you, hey, man, you got you to gotta, like, get off the tobacco. This smoking thing is going to kill you. You better stop. Not a whole lot of influence. So for us, if, you've got, if you want greatness around you, you got to be on the journey yourself. And one of the things about the way we work is we don't define greatness for anybody. We help you do the hard work to dig in deep, whether it's yourself, your team, or your organization. Well, what does greatness mean for us? And what does that even look like? And when you do that as a group, call it a team or an entire organization, that's when people buy in. You know, this is old saying that people resist change. I don't think that's the case. I think they resist being changed, right? Mm -hmm. Now, you bring them along with you, you let them contribute, then all of a sudden, they're uh, evangelicals for this new change, and they want to spread the word. So where we typically start is asking people, what, what does great mean to you? Again, it could be an individual, it could be a team, it could be a leader of an entire organization. What, what does that look like? And we have a little joke. Um, what comes after good is great. What comes after great, we say, is greater. 
And what comes after greater is greater er er. <laughs> and if you can imagine, right, what comes after greater er er is er er er, meaning there's no there there, like there's no end to how much joy, meaning, satisfaction you can derive from your work, right? So there's always more. Always. So tell us, when you talk about going in and speaking to individual leaders, I had the opportunity um, to, to really have one-on-one -on -one sessions with you for over a year uh, as I was engaged. And you challenged me on, you know, are you, how are you going to be a good father? How are you going to be a good husband? How are you going to be a good businessman? And you kind of put it all together, right? And, and for me, that was amazing because I, I think about it all the time. Uh, I think about our conversations all the time. I get to have conversations with you as well. But how do we tailor that back into the entire group? Because I think a lot of organizations, you know, you might have people at the top that are very strong leaders, but maybe you don't have very good followers per se. Uh, how do you get a whole team together and be engaged on the same kind of mission? Because everybody's got different love languages. Everybody's got different things that motivate them. And I don't even want to say it's, it's necessarily the size of the company. You could be a small company or a large company, but how do you get everybody on board moving in the right direction? Very good. So we said there's the, the pyramid you mentioned, right? There's self-leadership, team leadership, organizational leadership. Well, the only way I know how to shift the culture of an entire organization is one team at a time, right? And an organization is a, a, a team of teams, multiple teams inside an organization, right? So the only way I know how to shift a team dynamic is one person at a time. So if you think of the word organization, it's a collection of organisms. In this case, in a business, it's a case of humans. So for us, everything starts with self-leadership. Living and leading as your most effective self more and more and more of your time. We believe that everyone's got a leadership style. Scott, you've got one. Brian, you've got one. I've got one. And that leadership style has a couple elements to it. One is it's got what we'll call catalyzing elements. You, know, you show up and things get better. Thorny problems get undone, knots get untied, energy, excitement, enthusiasm is now present. All of that, we call that catalyzing, right? The other thing that we have to look out for is that you also have elements of your leadership style that get in the way. You constrain growth. You get in the way and either people either stop in their tracks or they go around you. So where we start our work is how do I spend more and more and more of my time as my most effective self and less and less and less of my time as my least effective self. And here's the trick, though. The trick is oftentimes the trait that leads to the best results is oftentimes the trait that gets in the way. So you and I are both pretty verbal. And I make a living and I, I think I'm kind of fun and funny sometimes. Not as funny as, I'm not as funny sometimes as I think, but so be it. But, <laughs> You're funny. But the right joke at the wrong time, the right statement at the wrong time, it's the wrong statement. So I come into my house, I got a story I want to tell my wife, and I come in and I completely miss that she's had a horrible day. I completely miss that she's feeling terrible. I completely miss everything that's going on, and I just blurred into my story. It could be the best story in the world. I've missed it, right? So to be your most effective self more and more and more of the time, one of the first skills we work on is how do I be present in the moment? And you and I have spent a lot of time on that, right? Where most of us are paid to go 
and do and run hard, and that's great. But there are these moments in life, and think about a NASCAR car, there's these moments of life where it's pedal to the metal, that's the right move. But there are other moments of life where, you know what, downshift, tap on the brakes, slow down. And then when you can slow down and be present, and that is a learned skill. When you can learn when and how to do that, you can then be aware of what's going on around you. And when you're aware of what's going on around you, you tend to take the right action. Sometimes that's no action. So to answer your question about a team, if we can get people living and leading as their most effective selves more and more and more of the time, it moves a team forward massively. And when we do that work to learn about our most effective, least effective selves, when we learn about being present, when we learn about being aware in a group, it bonds the team together in a very special way. It deepens relationships and it deepens trust. So we believe that the foundation of a high-performance team is self-leaders who are in mutually beneficial, highly productive, trust-based relationships with each other. And if we can start there, we can build that foundation, then anything you want is possible after that. Where do you focus mainly your client base? Are you small business? Are you large corporations? A little bit of both? Sure. So we run the gamut. And so we work with successful organizations to help them be more successful. It's pretty straightforward. So when we talk to an organization, we are looking to help them grow, like I said, to great, whatever that is. So as long as they're willing and committed to taking that leap, as long as they're a believer that leadership, teamwork, and culture are, what they're, are part of what they need to move forward, then we're, we're thrilled and honored to work with them. What we don't want to do is try to convince somebody, hey, look, teamwork, culture, leadership, that's important. Because there's some leaders, and I think most of leaders, for the most part, get this now. We've heard Warren Buffett say culture eats strategy for breakfast for about two decades now. But there's still some leaders who either give lip service to that or who are not interested. And when I first started doing this 15 years ago, that was probably the largest part of the pie. Roll the clock 15 years forward, most leaders get that. So if they get that and they're willing to do the work starting with themselves, so if I'm sitting with a CEO or business owner, president, and she says, well, tell us what you can do, and we have a conversation, she, sounds, she says, that sounds great. I say, wonderful, and we'll start with you. <laughs> <laughs> and the ones, and that's most of them, it's, it's changing, it wasn't always this way, but the ones who say, Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that because I know I get in the way. My spouse, my teammates have been telling me this for 20 years. And if you can help me with that, home and work, man, that's going to be worth it. And what happens is when the people who report to that person see that he or she has shifted, they're like, wait a second. He didn't cut me off like he used to. Or she didn't tell me how to do my job like she used to or whatever it might be. That, hmm, what's going on here? So then by the time we start working with the group, they're already bought in because they've already started to see the benefits. Timeline perspective, what does that look like normally? Is it a six-month change? Great is it a question. year? Is it five years? It, you know, What kind of commitment would someone have to make if they hired you as So we believe services? going through time together really matters. Really matters. And so uh, it took most teams and most leaders and most organizations to get to where they are many, many, many years. 
So we don't really offer, we offer extraordinary results, but no silver bullets, right? No magic wands, hard work. Uh, matter of fact, one, C, one CFO said to me, well, this sounds like soft stuff. And I said, well, it might be, but if it's so soft, why is it so hard for you? Said, oh. <laughs> Good question. Boom. Good question. Yeah, boom. <laughs> and so we believe it takes time. So we like to start out with typically a discovery process. So the leader, CEO, she tells us what's happening. We say, great. Now we're going to look around and see what we see. And some of that lines up with what the CEO knows. Some of it's different. It's not right or wrong. It just adds to the perspective. So once we really have an idea of what's happening, then we can sort of build the plan. And if you remember the old movie, uh, Patch Adams, mm -hmm. Robin Williams played the doctor. Uh, Patch Adams was famous for saying a lot of things, including diagnosis. Prescription without diagnosis is malpractice. So we want to understand, well, where are we? What's working really well we want to build on? What's okay and needs to get just a little shift, a little nudge? And then, frankly, what is what we sometimes affectionately call stinky? What's the stinky stuff? And that's the stuff typically that we don't want to talk about, sweep it under the rug, and let's pretend it's not there. And the reality is if you can address that, man, it moves things forward. But you got to know what it is. Then we like to start off with, the, we call it center out. So we'll start with the CEO and her team, and we'll work with them over a period of time to get them started. And then we can go to the next team, the next team, and the next team, depending on how big your organization is. I love it. I have a question. Um, I think today's world, the word I would come up is distracted. Hmm. Right? There's a lot of distractions. Um, you go on social media, it was a tool that was created to bring us closer together, ultimately has pushed us farther apart, right? We have keyboard warriors everywhere and everybody decides, you know, what is this and what is that? And, and, and you can't do this and you shouldn't do that. What is your advice to, to people who want to thrive in chaos and what should they be doing on a daily basis? Just as simple as maybe an example of what you do when you wake up. I mean, I try to remind myself daily, if not hourly, how thankful I am. And there's a saying that remember when you prayed for what you have now, you know, and, and yeah. remember when you, you would have dreamed to own a home and dreamed to have a family and dreamed to have kids because people start to take things for granted and start to think that, Oh, my life's terrible. Listen, how do you create that positive vibe and give us an example? Like what makes you get out of bed and know today's going to be great. I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to impact lives, but ultimately it starts with me first. And if it, if it's, if I'm not feeling that and I'm not driving myself, then there's no way I can help anybody else. Great question. So we invite our clients to take what I'll call a life-changing shift in perspective. And that is leading from purpose rather than leading from preference. So leading from preference means if you're action-oriented, no matter what the situation calls for, you're going to be action-oriented. If you're thoughtful and you actually do something that I find fascinating, which is speak, think before you speak, Right? You're going to be thoughtful. If you're verbal and you're going to just start talking, that's your preference. Nothing wrong with your preference. It's just what you like and what you know. Leading by purpose is very different. And you mentioned love languages earlier. So the golden rule, we all know that. It's a wonderful thing. Treat others, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Here's a trick, though. People are complicated. And not everybody wants to be done unto the way you want to be done unto. So for us, leading by purpose really harkens back to the platinum principle. Do unto others as they want you to do unto them. Lead others. So like love language says, find out what your spouse's love language is and give them that. Well, leadership, same thing with the people in, in your life. Well, that's hard. 
Like knowing the love language or the leadership language of all the people in my life, it's really hard. Like who the heck has got time for that? Well, if your purpose, right, is to pursue greatness, to influence greatness in myself and others, if that's your purpose, if that's your, right, if that's what you want to do then and be what we call a great leader, then you better have a purpose. So you better have something. And so we believe having a purpose and we help clients sort of figure that out. We do a lot of work with physicians, and physician burnout is an epidemic, nurses as well, across the country. And one of the keys to our work is helping them reconnect to, like with physicians, they've made this decision in seventh grade. We asked the question, when did you decide to be a physician? And for most of them, it's middle school, maybe high school, and they remember the moment. And then the business of healthcare and the grind of medical school wears them out, and they forget. So we help them reconnect to the purpose. Well... For clients who don't have necessarily have a career like that, we help them reconnect to their purpose. And then part of that is gratitude. So pro all your problems, everybody work with has problems. All your problems are real, they're legitimate, they're valid, and 95% of the souls who have ever walked the face of this earth would trade places with you in a heartbeat. Right? Think of someone living in some brutal dictatorship, Think of someone living in a war-torn zone. Think of someone facing climate change and the water's coming in their homeland and they have nowhere else to go, right? They change places within a heartbeat. So can you generate actual, real, authentic, authentic gratitude? So for me, I believe rituals are really important. So literally, before my feet hit the ground, I start saying, uh, I, I start thanking God for what I'm grateful for. Just start right off the bat. First thing, I got my feet in my slippers and I'm walking to the bathroom and that's the first thing out of my mouth. And then a series of rituals throughout the day to remind yourself what my purpose is, right? How I'm going to choose to show up in my life, how I'm going to choose to show up when the headwind hits. And so that's part of it. I love it. So um, before we kind of wrap this up, I, I want to know, you know, you mentioned, hey, Right off the bat, when you wake up, you know, thank God and, and, mm -hmm. and whatever God you believe in, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, but what are some of like maybe the biggest mistakes people make throughout the day? You can mm -hmm. tell people, hey, you need to focus on this. You got to be a good person. You know, you can say all that. Yeah. But what are some things that truly do distract you? And what are some of those mistakes that you see on a daily basis that maybe, you know, gets you off the track? Maybe you've had it's been amazing. And then one o'clock chaos happens. Yeah. How do you get back on track? Very good. So um, uh, we call them triggers. And triggers are the conditions that you feel, whether they're really legitimately, authentically present or not. So if you feel like you've been discounted, if you feel like you've been disrespected, if you feel like you've been ignored, and all those things can happen on a regular basis, people tend to have a reaction. And that reaction tends to be from what we used to call earlier our least effective self. It's not me at the moment. And so for us, it really starts with this awareness of what are my reactions? What are my triggers? What are the situations when they tend to occur so I can be ready for them? So I guess the biggest mistake that people make is um, forgetting that they're human Forgetting that they have emotions. You know, my dad told me, you know, check it at the door. And in the 30s when he was born, that was probably great leadership advice. 
But I think in today's environment, if you want people's creativity and innovation and energy and excitement and enthusiasm, you got to take the whole human. So when we forget that we're whole humans, either ourselves or the people around us, we tend to overreact to situations. We forget that we need sleep. We forget that we need to eat. We forget that we need to take a break. And I think that's what sort of compounds. So what happens is bad stuff happens, and you walk up to it, and you throw, you throw gas all over it. And so for us, I think the heart of that um, forgetting that you're human and this leadership journey that we're on is sometimes a little bit of hubris, like thinking you've arrived. I've got this. And I know every time that I'm tempted to feel, I got this. I get a, typically a rude awakening saying that I don't. <laughs> and we see this a lot. Uh, the, the faster you're moving, so I mentioned physicians. The other companies that we work with a lot are in the high-tech space. So if you go out to Apple, everything, oh, I want to go work for Apple. I want to go work for Facebook. I want to go work for Google, etc. They wear you out. And if you fall aside and you blow up your life because you're working 18 hours a day, sleeping on the cot, you know, in your little office, right? There's another Stanford MBA waiting to take your job tomorrow. So the companies we work here with in Charlotte realize, hey, listen, we don't have an army of Stanford MBAs to take, the, to take the next spot. And so we help them build the cultures that, yes, we're going to be fast. Yes, we're going to be nimble. Yes, we're going to do great things that have never been done before. Yes, it's really hard. And we're going to enjoy the ride. And we're going to take care of each other. And living a full, rich, satisfying life, we know is the key to not only attracting and retaining great people, but helping them do their best work. And so in high tech in particular, that's a really important, really important cultural element. I love it, man. So um, before we, we let you go, you know, our, our listeners, you know, business leaders, specifically in the Charlotte area and elsewhere, how can they get in touch with you? How can they learn more about your amazing organization, One Team Leadership? Well, thank you. So our website, look us up. You can find my email on that. Other, my other partners are there. Give us a call. Love to, love to have a conversation. We, do, we all do a lot of public speaking, so you'll see us uh, out and about town and across the country speaking, in particular, thriving in chaos. So uh, that's probably the best way. I love it. And as a, uh, a person who's gone through the program and, uh, and, and I do consider Tom to be a mentor, it's amazing. And, you know, I think any organization, if you're not challenging yourself every day to be better, to look at ways that you can improve, uh, but ultimately to thrive in the chaos of the, the world we live in in 2020, then you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing the organization a disservice. So, you know, I would challenge everybody to, to look up One Team Leadership, see what they do. Uh, and if you're interested, definitely reach out. But thank you so much, Tom, for joining us. Uh, thank you for everything over the years. I'm so excited to, to kind of see your journey start when you when you made the decision to, mm -hmm. to go out and start this organization to now. And uh, I think you guys are just getting started. So I look forward to it. Uh, all our listeners, please like, comment, share. And uh, until next time, thank you again, Tom Lane, for joining us on the Brand Butters Podcast. Thank you. Tom, you're the man. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Hey, by the way, a little plug for you all. Um, what you're doing here is so different and so amazing. And I think all the stuff we talk about culture and taking care of each other is obvious. That's what you're doing here. I walked in this room and walked in this in your office and it's an extraordinary place. And I think people really like working with you all. I think they like what they do. And I think your leadership and the culture you built is a huge part of your success. 
Thank you very much. Amen, brother. Amen. Thank you. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.